for this evening. Um, which I entitled, Old Versus New. Old Versus New. Um, please turn your Bibles over to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 30. We're going to be tackling two verses, so it'll only be two hours. Uh, for the guests here, it's good to... We're going to feed you later after the two-hour marathon. Okay, no kidding. Uh, I'm reading from the Living Bible Version. Don't cause the Holy Spirit sorrow by the way you live. Remember, <clears throat> He is the one who marks you to be present on that day when salvation from sin will be complete. Verse 31, Stop being mean, bad-tempered, and angry. Quarreling, harsh words, and dislike of others, others should have no place in your lives. Instead, be kind to each other, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God has forgiven you because you belong to Christ. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray. Father, we thank you once again for this time that you've given to us, this building that you've given to us, and this body, this church body that you have placed us to be a part of. We thank you for the songs that we sang, the instrumentalists and the singers and the people behind, Lord God, of everything that needs to be done on a Sunday service. We pray for their blessings, Lord God. May your blessings be upon them. May we pray now for those who are sick, Lord, please heal them physically. And those who are spiritually sick, Lord God, please save them. Rebuke our brothers and our sisters that continue to stay in their sin. We pray, Lord God, for healing for them spiritually. Right now, Lord, we ask for your Holy Spirit to reveal your message to us. Father, may our hearts be humble. May our minds be open to your truth. And may we receive your message that you have for us this evening. Forgive us, Lord, for all of our sins. Please do not let, don't let any of our mistakes, Father God, hinder our prayers to be heard by you. Help us, teach us, and guide us. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. Um, old versus new. Old versus new. In, in those verses that we read, we're, we, we're going to see three points. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit is the first point. Second point is no longer I who lives. And then third is born again versus new creation. Now when you hear old versus new, it depends on where you are in your age bracket to where you can appreciate this, right? If you're younger, you think the new is better, which is me on the, no, I'm kidding. If you're old, you think the old is better, right? Old music's better, the design is better, right? Um, we have, in sports, they love to talk about this, right? The, what's better, Dream Team 92? Or versus the or the redeemed team, right? Which is uh, Kobe, LeBron, and Dwayne Wade when they try to get it back in 2012. Um, or is Tiger Woods better than Jack Nicklaus, right? Old guy versus the new guy, right? And then eventually Tiger Woods will be older, and then there's going to be a new guy, and they're going to be comparing him. So there's old versus new, meaning there's a, a, a challenge there. Which is better? For us Christians, we should know automatically that the new, the new us is better than the old us. But at the same time, the verses, there's fighting. 
there's a struggle, right? There's a struggle. And we saw, we've been, we've been studying, we've been in Ephesians for quite some time. And I know we've, we've tackled so many things. And before I get to the first point, I'd like to tell you about, since we mentioned golf, I would like to tell you about Bong. Bong became a pastor. Yeah, Bong became a pastor. But after four weeks of preaching, Bong decided to skip a Sunday. So he called his, his elders and he said, hey, guys, I'm, I'm not feeling well. I think I might have COVID. But he was lying. I know people are like, pastors lie? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so he said, yeah, I'm not going to make it. But then all his intention was he's going to play golf. So they took over the Sunday. Somebody preached for him. But he bomb went to Carson City to play golf where nobody knows him. Right? And then St. Peter, Peter was watching this, and he was talking to God. He goes, Lord, are you going to let him get away with this? I mean, he's a pastor now, and he's lying, and he's not doing his duty. And God said, oh, don't worry, I got this. Bong squares up on his first tee, hits the ball all the way. Wind gushed the ball, helped the ball, and he made a hole in one. A hole in one. If you play golf, you know that's the one thing that is close to impossible. And if you do that, it's close to a miracle. And you want to tell people about it, right? And then Peter goes, St. Peter goes, what? I thought you were going to take care of this. Why are you spoiling this guy? Now he gets a hole in one. And then God said, who is he going to tell? <laughs> no, there's proof, right? There's always proof when we belong to God after be belonging to God and then we choose to sin Peter, uh, Paul said do not grieve the Holy Spirit don't cause the Holy Spirit sorrow by the way you live remember he is the one who marks you to be present on that day when salvation from sin will be complete now there's two points in this verse here two things I want to discuss first the seal in your versions there, either New International Version, there it says seal. During Paul's time, to show ownership, there must be a seal on everything. In Ephesus, it was a marketing, it was a, a port basically for things that to be, bought, to be bought from and then they ship it out. So people from Rome and other countries, they go to Ephesus and then they buy their merchandise there. So the owners, the business owners, when they buy their merchandise, they will then uh, melt the candle and then the ring and then put the seal on the merchandises or merchandise that they bought. And then from there, they, it will be shipped out to their destination and their servants there will look for their owner's seal, master's seal, and then claim those packages and say, this is my master's seal, this is ours. For us, folks, Christians, Right now in this life, as much as our souls are saved, our bodies continue to feel the need to sin and to battle against the new creation that is in us. But that will end when we die in this life. That struggle, that battle will end once we die because then we will be claimed. The seal is the Holy Spirit. Right? The seal for us Christians is the Holy Spirit. And then God will claim us. And then in heaven, 
there will be no more struggle, right? I think you will no longer struggle to go to church there. <laughs> because we have better preachers there, that's why, right? We got Paul to preach for us. We got Peter to preach for us, right? So probably you'll make every Sunday, if there's any calendar day there. You know? But, you know, the day of redemption, when we leave this life, the very day there will be no longer fighting against the flesh. The sinful nature will no longer be there to make us struggle. Amen? Amen. The old self versus the new self, the battle between them will no longer be around, and the new creation will be the one to live. Praise God. Don't you look forward to that? Some of you guys, no, that's why I don't want to go yet. You know, that one song that we were saying, I want to be with you. Some people are like, I want to be with Nat right now. I want to be with Nat right now. Right? There's, there's your, you have your own chorus. And the second point is the Holy Spirit is not a force. Some people think that, say that Jehovah's Witnesses, let me just tackle it real, be clear. Jehovah's Witnesses do not claim the Trinity, do not believe in the Trinity, and they say that the Holy Spirit is a force. Now, if it, is, if it is a force, to grieve is an emotion, right? It's a, it's, a, it's a trait of a person, right? Will the force grieve? A force grieve? No, right? In Star Wars, they say, may the force be with you, right? They didn't say the force is grieving for you, no. But it's not a force, it's a person. Now, we're, every now and then we tackle the Trinity, and tonight, this is another night that we're going to tackle it. In, in Genesis 1, 26 to 27, this is an evidence right here, right from Genesis, to prove that the Trinity is true. We don't believe in three gods. We believe in one God. Okay? We believe in one God in three persons. Genesis 1, 26, Then God said, God said, Let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea. And then again, you see the, the pronouns changed. God said, let us in our, right? And then, and then we know that the Holy Spirit is God. Because in Acts chapter 5, it's not in the screen, Acts chapter 5, verse 3 to 4, then Peter said, Ananias, how is it that Satan has filled so filled your heart that you have lied to the Holy Spirit and have kept for yourself some of the money you have received for the land. Didn't, you, didn't it belong to you? And then he says, what made you think of doing such thing? You have not lied to just human beings, but to God. In Acts, Peter recognizing and saying that the Holy Spirit is God. I have this print here for you. All three persons are associated together on an equal basis. Here are numerous passages that says it, that shows it. Um, Jesus' baptism in Matthew 3, 13 to 17, voice of the Father, right? This is my son whom, to whom I am well pleased. Son getting baptized, Jesus, right? And then spirit descending like a dove, the Holy Spirit. Salvation in 1 Peter 1 to 2, Chosen by the Father, sanctified by the Spirit, sprinkled by the blood of Jesus. 
in sanctification, which is what we're going through. When you accept Jesus as your Lord, you are already saved. You're already justified. Justification's done. But sanctification and how we live, as we live, as we continue to live here before God takes us to heaven, this is what we do. 2 Corinthians 13, 14. Grace of the Lord Jesus, love of God, fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Christian baptism, right? We don't baptize babies, right? We baptize people that have decided knowingly that they uh, belong to Jesus and they want to proclaim it and announce it to the whole world. In the baptism in Matthew 28, 19, baptized in one name, yet in three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And in prayer, in Ephesians 3, 14 and 21, we tackled that, right? Strengthened by His Spirit, know the love of Christ, filled with the fullness of God. And in Christian growth, 2 Thessalonians 2.13, chosen by God, loved by the Lord, sanctified by the Spirit. Amen? Amen, amen. Now, this has been said that uh, if you try to figure out uh, the Trinity, it's going to make you crazy because it's so hard to explain. But at the same time, if you don't believe in the Trinity, you lose your soul. Right? Because the early church have struggled with this, and they have decided, and, they, you know, I mean, you can study on your own, but it says here that eventually they reduced the Trinity into two short statements, the early church, which is one in essence, three in person. Why the importance of this? Because if we are grieving the Holy Spirit, we have to know, church, that we are grieving God. We are grieving God. I know we talked about a lot of things. We talked about anger. We talked about lying, stealing, right? So when we do those things, we grieve God. We grieve the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit lives in us. Now here's Greek word of the, of the day or the week. Um, a brother of ours told me, oh, yeah, you know, we haven't been doing that. And I go, you're right. So the Greek word for grieving or grieve is lupeo. Lupeo. Also known for Filipinos, lupeto. <laughs> lupeo. To distress <laughs> reflexively or passively. To be sad. Cause grief. Grieve. Be in heaviness. Sorrowful. Or be make sorry. Right? To make one easy. We make it so heavy for him. Now, God doesn't grieve because he hurts. God grieves because we're hurting ourselves. Make no mistake about it. It's not, uh, it's not him when he's grieving. He's not feeling sorry for himself. He's feeling sorry for us. You know, I think... It's best to understand this once you truly care and love someone, right? And you're trying to tell, whether it's your child or your spouse or a friend, a close friend, and you're saying, look, if you continue to do that, this is what's going to happen to you. And then yet they continue to do it, and then you have that feeling like, oh my gosh, they're going to get hurt. They're going to continue to do it. And he's just like if they deny Jesus, right? 
the missionaries, they felt it. If they continue, no matter how good of a people they are, Julie said, right? No matter how good of a people they are, if they deny Jesus and his gift of salvation, they're doomed for eternal death. So when you grieve, that's what grieving is. And this is the first, this is the first account. Actually, the second account, I should say. But the first account, Genesis 6, 6, And the Lord was sorry that he had made humankind on the earth, and it grieved him to his heart. This is talking about before he flooded the world, right? When, the, when everybody decided to live the way they want to live in there. There's so much promiscuity. There was so much idolatry. They were just living for themselves. And it grieved God. Now, this is Pastor John Corson. He said, there's not a curse word God hasn't heard. There is nothing that shocks him. God is not grieved by how our speech, anger, or malice affects him, but by how it affects us. He's grieved not because he can't handle our sin, but because it hinders him from doing his work in, through, and for us. That's just the truth. If you have tried to serve God, if you have tried to serve God one way or another, and then you end up not living for God, right? And then what happens to you? You feel guilty. And you say, I'm not worthy to even speak of Jesus, right? You say, I don't deserve to be here. I feel like a hypocrite. And then you put that all together and you're just going to stay in bed. Right? You're going to say, ah, oh, you know what? You know what? Let me just text Pastor Joe. Maybe he can share. And then I'm feeling the same way. Oh, never mind. You talk to Pastor John. <laughs> right? We, we pass, we pass our, our responsibilities because when we sin, we, that's what the enemy does. We don't lose our salvation when we sin. What we lose is we lose our joy. We lose our joy and we lose our peace. Right? And then the enemy's so good, he's going to condemn us. See, you're not worth it. You're a hypocrite. Are you really going to share the gospel today? Seriously? After what you've done last night? But remember, it's, it's not because of what we said and because God can't handle it. It's because it hinders God to use us. He can use other people, and He will. He will accomplish His work, and He will, with or without us. So it depends. How do you see it? How do you see being used by God? Is it a privilege or a burden? Right? Are you burdened when you're serving God? Or are you, are you seeing it as like, Lord, this is heavy, but I know I'm serving you. This is because this is what you called me to do. So I will do it no matter what, no matter how heavy this is. Now, the Holy Spirit's critical. The Holy Spirit's so critical. Knowing that the Holy Spirit is God is critical. Because why? The Bible tells us that we, apart from Him, we can't, do, we can't do nothing, right? Apart from Christ, we can do nothing. But we can do all things through Him who strengthens us. Who does He speak about? Paul, who was speaking about in Philippians 4.13. Everybody thinks it's Jesus Christ, right? But the thing is, it's the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit indwells in every believer. So I'm going to tell you a, a, a story that happened to me the other day. 
I went, I, I took a listing all the way over by Rancho Haven. <laughs> I know it's far. If, if you're from here, you know how far, it's quite far. My GPS says an hour away from where I lived, right? And I said, all right, I'll be fine, you know. It's an hour away. Um, I showed houses in Rancho Haven before, so I'm like, ah, oh, it's okay. I probably, I'll have signal there. So I, I, I had my phone. I had my GPS app. I had my sign. I have everything. I have my plan. I didn't know that there was no signal where I was going. And I found out that there was no signal where I was going when I was at the destination. And to get there was rough roads. I know. And your idolatry in your car kind of comes out, you know, when you're like, oh, go, 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 go. oh no, dents, or oh, my axle. You know, it's like you're four-wheeling in your sedan, right? You're just, you're like, I brought the wrong car. Um, but I had my phone with the GPS, Right? I had the phone with the GPS, so I had to leave again, right? but I had my phone with the GPS, but the GPS was giving me wrong turns. So if you've been lost and you're relying on the GPS, but you have no signal, you're going to continue to get lost. No matter how sincere you want to go home, I was almost in tears. Because this GPS was, it told me, keep going. And I kept going. And then there is a gate, BLM gate. Have you seen those BLM gates? It says, don't go through here. And if it says, if you open the gate, please close, close the gate. But then my GPS says, one more mile and it'll be Red Rock. But it's like a mountain. And I'm like, maybe this is it. Maybe this is it. I got out, opened the gate, continued. Rocks in the middle. You know, I had to get out of my car and pick up the rocks so that it will, because it was like basically blocking me. I couldn't reverse because the road was narrow. So the phone is like our Bible. You have the words there. You can read because you learned how to read at an early age. The GPS is like the word, the verse is there, right? The instructions. But the GPS with no signal is useless. Same thing with the Bible and a person reading the Bible with no Holy Spirit. It doesn't make sense. You will continue to be lost. No matter how sincere you want to go to heaven, if you do not have the Holy Spirit to tell you what you're reading, and also you don't have the seal of the Master on you, Who's going to claim you? When we are still living out in our old self, with our old ways, the Holy Spirit is grieved because our work will be in vain. Because we're not empowered and we're not connected. It's the same thing. When you think you're called for a ministry with this ministry or that ministry, but it was your liking. It was your passion. It wasn't what God wanted you to do. It's your passion. Guess what? It might be fruitful by, with your eyes, but God's not pleased. Julie and Vince and Nick, they went there because they knew it was God's will for them to go. They were delayed the day, but when we, they got there, Vince said they were only, it was only half a day. So it wouldn't make sense. To, it didn't make sense to him, because for him he already missed the day. But when he got there, he still have half a day. 
That's how God works. It makes us not realize time, <laughs> right? And then here's another, here's another uh, quote from Charles Spurgeon. Here's a quote from Charles Spurgeon. Although the word grieve is a painful one, yet there is honey in the rock. For it is an inexpressibly delightful thought that he who rules heaven and earth is the creator of all things and the infinite and ever-blessed God condescends, condescends to enter into such infinite relationships with his people that his divine mind may be affected by their actions. What a marvel that deity should be said to grieve over the faults of being so utterly insignificant as we are. Condescends is him coming down, stooping, you know, stooping down. Having to relate to us. Have you met those people that, can, they, that are so rich that you know they can change five people, five people's lives that you know? You're like, dude, you have so much money, you could help this and that with just the car that you have. That's like 10 houses in the Philippines or 25,000 kids to finish college, you know? Have you met those people in those power? For them to be friends with you, if you know that you're not in the same econ economic stature with them, don't you like, man, he's such a nice guy. He's so humble. He talks to me. I'm friends with him. You know, that's our God. Our God is rich. Richer than anybody else or everybody else that you think is rich put together. Our God is powerful, more powerful than anybody that you can think of that is powerful here on earth. That's our God. And our God takes so much intimacy with us that it grieves Him when we're failing. When we're failing and then we're going to end up hurting ourselves. We're going to end up hurt our testimony. We're going to end up our, our, our hurting our children, our family, because we decided to sin. It grieves Him. He takes personal care for it he's not indifferent to us he gave us all these things to do and then he and then what he's involved he's the one that empowers us and he's so invested in us that he gave his only begotten son and then he didn't stop there he he's the holy spirit is residing in all of us now the holy spirit is not a phantom he is a person. He's not a force. He's God. In His infinite love for us, He stooped down from heaven to indwell in us, to suffer pain and joy through us. God is very much involved in us. He's not a God who gave us a list of things to do that is quite difficult and impossible for us to do and then watches on the side and say, let's see if you can do it. No, he says, here are the things you need to do. Here, he's, he's, here is what you need to be, and then let me help you. The question is, are you grieving the Holy Spirit, or is the Holy Spirit smiling on you? Our second point. He no longer, no, I, I no longer live. No longer I who lives. This is the, the verse, Galatians 2.20. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who lives, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live for Him. I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself for me. This is 
spiritual maturity. We all pray and we all strive to get to this point that we will no longer live for ourselves. Our old self is this. We are always mean. The nice people are like, not me. Maybe not you. But are you bad-tempered? Not really. Really? When, when uh, you're watching your Netflix show and it gets to that climax point and then and you're like, what? Seriously? And then you throw the remote. <laughs> Maybe just me. <laughs> bad-tempered. Yeah? Easily angered. About quarreling. That's our old self, right? right? We, we love to quarrel. We love fighting. No? How about the harsh words? Have we called anybody an idiot when we're driving and they cut us? We're like, what is this idiot doing? Who gave you a license? And you're trying to merge in the freeway and then they're like so slow. Trying, you're like, what? You need an invitation? And then they turn to the grandma. You're like, oh, Lord, help me. I'm so sorry. What did I do? Right? We have these, right? Dislike of others. Dislike of others because they're a different color. Different culture, different economic stature. They're poor. You're rich. They're, you're stylish. They're badui, right? You're like, I don't want to hang out with them. And all these things, the psych of others should have no place in our lives. We have to be no longer us, the old us. We have to be the new us. And the new us is denying the old us, right? A lot of our struggles will happen because like golf, you're not really playing against the other people. You're playing against yourself. Correct? That's right. That's why I can't beat me. So I don't know if I won or I didn't win. Because <laughs> somebody's winning, right? Well, see, it's the new struggles with the old because the new tells us you can't do that anymore, Joe. And you can't say that anymore, Joe. You have to let that go, Joe. And the old Joe's like, no, I don't want to let this go. I have to knock this guy out. He's been so disrespectful, right? No, just this once, Lord, just this once. No, it's, it have been crucified, dead. Your old self must have been crucified there. Not a single time. Every moment, moment by moment, when the temptation comes your way, you crucify it. Crucify the old self. I know we've spent quite some time with the works and the sins of the flesh that God had, had told us through Paul. He listed it for us to read. Read and weep, right? And then be reminded of. In this life, for us who have accepted the truth that we need Jesus, that without Jesus we are dead to our sins, we have said this, whether you knew it or not, when you accepted Christ as your Lord, you crucified yourself. So there, right? It's no longer I who lives. And then when you did your baptism, when you followed God into baptism, again, it's just an announcement, but that's a figure, a figurative picture, right? Our old self has died, and then the new has come. The old has come, the old has gone, the new has come. We need to live for the Lord. Now, an exercise for us to do, and a very challenging exercise, is that we have, if you are not married, you find your family, you know, your brother, your sister, your mom, your dad, 
if you don't have them here, you find someone who really loves you and you really uh, you care about, and then you ask them. But invite the Holy Spirit in a conversation, okay? Because they might be quarreling after. You have to ask them, am I still being mean? Am I still bad-tempered? Am I always angry? Do I love quarreling? Do I still use harsh words? Do I have a lot of dislike for others? These things should have no place. And see how you do. You know, the hard thing about tests and trials is that if we don't pass the test, we have to take it again, right? I hate tests. I hate, I hate those things. I really do. That's why when I got out of school, I never came back. <laughs> I'm done. Not going to trick me to getting in that again. But because of those tests, I hate them. And you know what? Us Christians, we're tested every day, moment by moment. Seriously? You think you have self-control? Boom. Oh, you're no longer going to steal. Okay. You're no longer going to lie. How about a 25% discount? You just have to pretend you're Rommel. <laughs> the military discount. Yeah, oh, yeah. 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 I'm Rommel Ferrer, Lieutenant Colonel. The, you know? So you can get the discount, right? I mean, we've fallen, we've fallen. All right, and here. Now, this is, this is the new, the third point, born again. When you're a born again Christian, you are a new creation. You are not hot August nights, guys. You remember hot August nights, right? Hot August nights. Classic cars made to look new, but it's still a 1956 Cadillac. A new creation is a 2022 Tesla. From a Honda Civic to a Tesla. Right? Night and day. Right? Night and day. That's what we are. When we have accepted Christ, we have become a new creation. And what is a new creation? Instead, it says here, be kind to each other, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God has forgiven you because you belong to Christ. Because you belong to Christ. Now religion says, your religion says, in order for you to be loved and accepted by God, you have to do these things. That's what religion says. But Christianity, being a born-again Christian, says you are loved and accepted, that is why you're going to be like this. Completely opposite. Big contrast, right? Just like this. Instead, there's a huge and very obvious difference from our old sinful self, from the new creation that God has given us. Right? This, the second point and the first, the second point and the first point points to the third point. I don't even know why I did it. I was like already doubting and like, is it going to make sense? And I still put it down. Let me just read it. Let me see if this works. The second point and this one on the first point, which is not to grieve God, but instead as verse, instead said, never mind. <laughs> never mind. Oh, gosh. Instead is an adverb, right? And it means, but rather. Right? Don't be mean, but be kind. Why? Because if we know Christ and we are be to become like Him, we are going to be kind. 
Jesus is so kind, right? He's so kind to women. You realize that? In a culture that had women as secondary citizens, that had no say in court whatsoever, that had close to zero value in their society, Jesus stood for women during his time. When the woman that was caught in adultery, right? The men, the, the religious men, they wanted to stone the girl. They said she was caught in adultery, right? We all know the story, right? Jesus said, he who has not sinned, cast the first stone. Everybody left, and then, the, and then he asked, is anybody here? Did they judge you? No. I'm paraphrasing. And he said, neither will I. Go and sin no more. So kind. Jesus is so kind. I know there's grace there and there's truth there, but for tonight's topic, is kind. The woman in the well, right? The woman in the well. Four husbands, and then now she's living in sin, right? And then what did Jesus say? I am the one that was, that's going to quench your thirst. Your thirst, for, your, your thirst for company, your thirst for love, your thirst for intimacy, you will never get from men. You will get it from me, Jesus said, right? And then he said, go and sin no more, right? That woman is somebody that you probably won't invite into your parties, right? <laughs> because we're not kind, but Jesus is kind. Jesus is kind. And we need to be like Jesus, right? And then the woman, the prostitute that, that washed Jesus' feet with perfume, correct? What did the Pharisee there that was hosting the party said? If Jesus, if this guy was a real prophet, he won't let her touch him. For she's a prostitute. What did Jesus say? He gives, he gives a parable, right? Of the one that was, the, the, the servant that was forgiven about, let's just say, $15. Right? And then, and then $15,000, remember that? The unforgiving servant? His, his master, he pleaded for his master, please don't, don't send me to jail, give me mercy. And the master said, sure, I'll give you mercy. He, he owed his master $15,000. And then he saw his co-worker, right, that owed him 15 bucks. And what did he say? Put this guy to jail. Forgive him 15000 But he had no mercy, right? Because the other part, part here says, as God has forgiven you, as God has forgiven you, a Christian... A Christian that follows God and is empowered by the Holy Spirit is a forgiving Christian. We are not to be bitter, remember? Be better, not bitter. Right? Because bitterness, holding grudges, it poisons us. It creates this chemical imbalance in us. If you have ulcer, let me tell you, you probably hold a lot of grudges. You probably hold a lot of grudges. You know, the Filipino, we say, kumukulu yung sikmura ko dito. Right? There's this acid buildup in your stomach as you see the person that irritates you. And then what do you say at church? How you doing? <laughs> they don't even know you're mad at them, but for the whole week you're like, oh gosh, I hate him. I hate him. There he is. Hello. How you doing? How you doing, Pastor? <laughs> <laughs> Galatians 1 to 10 reads this is the passion the passion translation I'm obviously not trying to flatter you or water down my message to be popular with men but my supreme passion is to please God 
For if all I attempt to do is please people, I would fail to be a true servant of Christ. This is the trans, the passion translation. Is it more passionate? <laughs> when you try to serve God, the first person that you want to please is Him. Amen? Amen. Amen. It's not the other people. So when God says, be kind, we have to be kind. If God says, forgive us, I have forgiven you, you have to forgive. Now, I get it. I get it. When somebody's offended us, betrayed us, right? Ruined our confidence. It's so hard to forgive them. I'm not going to stand here and say, oh, it's easy. No, it's hard. This is why we do, this is what we're going to do. This is what I do, at least, that God has revealed to me. He tells me, give him the consent. Lord, I can't forgive this person, but you have my consent. Please, help me forgive him or her. We have to give God that. Because on our own, we can't do it. On our own, we cannot do it. Right? There's just so much anger, so much hurt. And then what did Peter say? What did Peter, remember Peter? He said, Lord, how, do, how many times do we have to forgive our brother? Seven times? Peter, the sip-sip guy, right? <laughs> Seven times? You know, I can't even, like two times? I wouldn't even say two times. And then the second time, I probably have a hard time. What does the world say? Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. So that means two times. <laughs> right? Two times only. But what did Jesus say? 70 times 7. Oh my God. I can't even do the math. <laughs> Golly, it's, it's it, much more forgive. Forgive someone that repeatedly hurt you over and over and over again. But what did Jesus say? What did God say? Forgive as God has forgiven you because you belong to Christ. So the question, folks, do you belong to Christ? Because if you're having a hard time of being kind and not being malicious, not being angry, not being hot-tempered, you know, because you probably still here. In Romans 8, verse 8, the Living Bible says, that's why those who are still under the control of their old sinful selves bent on following their old evil desires, can never please God. Maybe because you still love and enjoy Romans 7, right? Because Romans 7 says, the things I want to do, I don't do. The things that I do, I don't want to do. Wretched man I am, right? You really didn't want to turn to Romans 8, right? Blessed be Christ, right? There's no more, no victory. Your Christian life has been such a burden. You're like, oh, man, if I wasn't a Christian, this situation won't be like this. Because I would do something else to this person. Oh, gosh. Now, he's lucky he did this to me six years. If this were six years ago, oh, right? Right? It, 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 it becomes... It becomes such a burden because there's no love for God. The love relationship with God has dwindled or it doesn't exist. 
there's more love for ourselves. There's more love for money. There's more love for idolatry. There's more love for love. It has to be love of God. We are to love God with all our heart, all our mind, all our soul, all our strength. Living the new, living the new life with Christ is a battleground. It's a battleground, not a playground. Somebody probably somebody said this lie, maybe that the church believed that once you accept Christ, life will be easy. We made Jesus a liar if you believe that, because Jesus said, "In this life, you will have trouble." But behold, I have overcome the world. What life? Life with Christ, guys. Because we, we know a lot of people who don't have God, right? That don't believe Christ, that are living a marvelous life. A life that we can only dream of, right? Yacht, private jet, right? Healthy, buff and big and handsome, good looking, beautiful children, right? But that they don't have Christ. They don't have Jesus. And then us who, who, who's following Jesus, faithful, we're sick. Or always sick, right? Our children don't love us. Or we don't have children. We can't have children, right? Our business fails. And then we say, why me, Lord? I, I go to church. I give my tithes. I, I read my Bible. I pray. I'm down on my knees every day. Why am I experiencing this? Well, this Lucifer of a neighbor of mine is being blessed because, right, in this life we will have trouble. Now living this new life is a battleground, not a playground. We are going to get hit. We are going to get shot at. We are going to fall. But God. Remember that verse? But God. God will never let us go despite our failures, because Jesus has paid for it all on the cross. Amen? Amen. Amen? Amen. Because the sad reality is, all of these things, we will fail one way or another. Even on a good day, you did your devotions, you prayed, you sang praises, you prayed your guitar, right? All you needed to happen was your dog to pee inside the house. You're like, what are you doing? Right? The new self, Romans 8, 9 to 11. You, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but are in the realm of the spirit. If indeed the spirit of God lives in you, it lives in you. And if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, then... Even though your body is subject to death because of sin, the Spirit gives life because of righteousness. And if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to, the, to your mortal bodies because of His Spirit who lives in you. Amen? This is the proof. The Holy Spirit's the proof. The Holy Spirit is the one that's going to empower us, enable us to live a victorious life. Amen? The Holy Spirit is the one that's going to help us, enable us to renew our minds. The Holy Spirit is the one that's going to help us renew our hearts. The things that we used to be in love with, right? Everything that the world says, fame, money, success. As God changes our hearts, that should no longer matter. With or without that, we're going to praise God and live for God. 
But again, if we fail, and when we fail, Psalm 37, 23 to 24 reads, Our steps are made firm by the Lord when He delights in our way. Though we stumble, we shall not fall headlong, for the Lord holds us by the hand. The mighty, powerful, eternal, loving God is holding us by our hands, Christian. Amen? I know the most discouraging thing is when we fall. It is truly discouraging. Because we're going to say, what am I doing? Why did I fall into this again? I thought I was done with this. But God says, don't worry. I knew you were going to do that. But I paid for it all. Look, get up. Let's walk. Let's, let's, tarry, let's tarry on. Let's carry on. Go and just keep marching because God is with you. Amen? Amen, amen. amen. And Philippians 3.13 reads, Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, one thing He does, forgetting what is behind. Right? The first thing we need to do is to forget our mistakes after we have confessed our sins to the Lord. We have to forget it. We have to forget our old selves. Forget the guy that's the what you think that was tough, but you were really a crybaby. You know, forget that guy. You have to strain, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. What is ahead? The cross of Christ. You need to lead people to Christ. Amen? Because without Christ, they're bound to hell. And you might be the only Christian that they're, they have met or is friends with them. So we need to just carry on, forget our mistakes, Tomorrow when you go to work, forget the guy, the bad guy, last Friday, right? Or yesterday, <laughs> or an hour ago. You just go and, and ask for forgiveness from the Lord and say, Lord, help me become a blessing to the people around me. Because the old self is gone, the new has come. Amen? Amen. Let's close in prayer. Father, we thank you for your message for us tonight, Lord God. We thank you for the reminder of the things that we need to be because we belong to you. We need to be kind, Lord God. We need to be compassionate. We need to be forgiving, Lord God. Father, help us, Lord, if we are not this. Remind us, Father, that we now belong to you and we are a new creation. We are no longer the old us, Lord God. Let your Holy Spirit that lives in us, Father, give us the strength to resist temptation. Let the Holy Spirit in us, Lord God, give us the wisdom to know what to do and what not to do in face of a temptation. Give us, Lord God, the strength to carry on, Lord God, despite our many failures, our repeated failures, Lord God. Let your Holy Spirit, Lord God, empower us to live for you and only for you. In Jesus' sweet and mighty name we pray. And all the Lord's people said, Amen, Amen. Let's all rise for the closing hymn. And if you have any decisions you want to make this evening, if you have not received Christ as your Lord, please come up so we can lead you into that prayer. If you've been visiting us for many Sundays and you think God is calling you to become a part of this church, please come up so we can recognize you. Or if you just need prayer, please come up so we can pray for you.
Jesus.